0: This is The Bow Show yeah! on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
1: The Bow Show, for SML Entertainment, pool tables, hot tubs, patio furniture, and much, much more. With four locations in Calgary, Cross Iron Mills, and Red Deer. Go to smlentertainment.com for details.
2: Welcome to the Bo Show on this uh, Tuesday. You'll catch me every Tuesday from 3 to 4 o'clock. Uh, I've got Pete, I've got Jeff, I've got Will Null on the keys with me. Um, real quick, before we get into anything, big alert. No, no, no. Pay attention right now. Big alert. I'm giving away four season tickets right now on this show. Four season tickets. You have one hour. How you get these season tickets. All right. Get in your cars. You're going to head to the stamp store and write this question down so you can start Googling your answers on the way over there. Who are the top five receivers in the regular season that I've thrown touchdowns to? The Ooh. top five receivers in the regular season that I've thrown touchdowns to in my entire career. The time is ticking down. All right, what you're going to do is you're going to head to the stamp store. You get one guest per person. So if you've got a little brother, you've got a husband, a wife, put whatever might be. six people in that car, baby. Yeah. Put six <laughs> people in that Kill car. Fill that car up. Get over to the stamp store. Find Carson at the front desk of the stamp store. This is where you purchase clothes, everything like that. Go find it. Go ask Carson. Give her your five. You get one guess. You can't say six. You can't say seven. You don't get four out of five. You get one guess to get all five guys correct. Oh. If you get that correct. Four season tickets.
1: Any hard names to pronounce? Like, is it, gonna, is it a challenge that way? It is. No, no hints allowed. <laughs> look at Jeff.
2: He's trying to win his oh. Leave this. Yeah. And <laughs> Jeff just and left the room. Yeah. <laughs>
1: can I borrow your keys? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. So head over there. Carson will text me the name of the winner, and then you can come here, Seventh uh, Avenue and Fifth Street at City TV Building to pick up your Four season tickets. Uh, you can come from nine a.m. to one p.m. to pick up if you're the winner. Uh, today or tomorrow before the game to make sure you get them. And four season tickets for the entire 2018 season will be yours. So one more, one time, more time, time. Repeat it again. One more time. Head to the stamp store. McMahon Stadium. 1817 Crochile Trail. T2M 4R6. Calgary, wow. Alberta. <laughs> There'll be
1: a traffic Jeez. report right away. That, yeah. okay. that wasn't bad, huh? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> we have an incident. Yeah. <laughs> <Right across laughs> who, are, who are the top five receivers Notice I put an emphasis. The top five receivers mm-hmm. I have thrown touchdowns to in the regular season of my entire stamp CFL career.
1: That includes this, this year, obviously. The that does career. include okay. this year. I'm trying to give hints, but I... Look, it, he is, is giant. Giant. Yeah, Just he digging. Is digging. Come on, Jeffrey. <laughs> Jeez. Some people. These are season tickets. Well, yeah. No, yeah. It, yeah. That's, yeah. Why, that's why we shouldn't be giving
0: out hints. Oh, yeah. you got to earn his, these. He's texting his wife right now. <laughs> yeah. hey, honey, uh, <laughs> this is who man. I think it is. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Take our, take our one-year-old son. He gets a guess also. <laughs> take the dog. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we are out of hockey hour, or hours, I guess you could say. We're talking about CFL football. We've got some big news heading into the, uh, the week three. Um, real quick, some quick hits. Uh, Caleros heads to the six-game injury list. Vernon Adams, a former Eastern Washington University quarterback, or quarterback university as most people call it out there, heads to the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, Eskimo signed wide receiver Sam Jagger, and Chris Strebler and Jeremiah Mazzoli are not slowing down.
3: Man, Masoli looked good. Looked real good. Man,
2: that's they. They came to me today and they're like, "Hey, you, uh, you were the performer of the week," and I was like, "Really?" <laughs> I was like, "For a completion percentage?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "I saw Strebler run for a hundred. I saw Masoli run for sixty. Um, Eric had five for five. On targets to catches for 140 yards and two touchdowns, um, man, Don Jackson 140 yards rushing, uh, Mercer Timmis 140 yards rushing. I mean, it was. Yeah. I thought this was a fun week to be a CFL fan. I thought it was a lot of great performance out there. But uh, most importantly, the one I need to talk about, um, Ricky. Um, uh, I don't know if anybody's out there. If you're out there listening and you know Ricky, shoot him a text, man. Uh, you know, we're praying for you. We're ho- hoping everything's okay. I've heard. I've heard the good initial reports. Um. But nonetheless, it is a neck injury, and we are all pulling for you. And obviously, in life, we want you back first, but we would love to see you back on the football field at some point Um, because we don't want this to be the last of Ricky Ray because he's one of the best to ever do in the CFL, and we're hoping to see him back soon. So uh, give him my best, and if you're out there, keep keep him in your prayers. So what's Um, going
1: through your mind when you see him on the field? uh,
2: Man, uh, yeah, it was was crazy. Honestly, when I first saw it happen, I didn't know who it was. Um, You know, I'm in the film on the sideline kind of looking at things and, and the way the game was going, I knew Dave was only going to give me another drive or two. So I'm in there trying to find some plays that I think are going to work. Um, And then all of a sudden I see the stoppage happen and I kind of walk out there and I can't tell who it is. And and I see guys walking back like, man, it's Ricky, it's Ricky. Um, And at first, you know, you're, you're like, Oh, okay. You know, was it shoulder or was it? And you see him, you know, lying motionless, not moving. And you're like, Oh man, it's, it's serious. It's neck. Um, And as an athlete, it's it's frightening because we all know that can be us on any play every single one of us know that and every single one of us really know what would be going through our own head am i going to walk again am i ever going to play football again um and to me i know my my wife my mom i know how they are when i get hit and i don't get hit very often you know i know how they they like they cringe up they start crying uh they get worried so that's that's for me i was feeling for his family his his wife and everybody and kids um knowing what's going through their head and, and you know hoping that you know they want to get down there and see him and that's the toughest part i think i asked my wife i was like you know what would you do if that was me and she's like there's not a person that can stop me from getting on that football field you know so it's uh it's tough man you want to get out there and you know you want to go you know touch his hand and and, and tell him that you're praying for him but you know in that situation you just got to stay away and, and let the doctors do what they do um but definitely scary moment but glad to hear the precautionary reports that it was it was mainly precautionary but um yeah i mean the cfl and, and everybody out there did the right thing and taking it very very seriously uh, but he is back home right now so that's awesome
1: you never want to see a player get hurt obviously like that but ricky ray and what he's been to this league and from your conversations with him what what, what kind of person is he what makes him so special
2: man honestly he's he's one of the most humble guys you'll ever meet. Um, I mean, you guys work in media. You guys love guys like me because I'm able to get out there and I, I make stories because I say things I probably shouldn't say. Um, and Ricky's never been that guy. You know, he's never been a guy to be in the media. He's going to say exactly what he's supposed to say every time. Uh, he's going to go out there and he's going to play football and he's going to be prepared every single game. Um, and that's, 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 that's what makes it even tougher. You know I mean? I don't want to say that if it was anybody else, I'd have felt less, uh, you know, bad for them or whatnot. But, um when it's a, when you know it's a, a good person, you know what I mean, it hits you just a little bit deeper. Not that it would hit you any less, but it just hits you a little bit deeper and you know it's a good guy. And uh and for what he's been through in the last couple of years, really, you know, to kind of go a couple seasons in a row with injuries and then have the you know, the Ricky Ray season last year, you know, basically um, you know, was probably a couple of votes behind, you know, MOP uh, if not right up there with it. And then, you know, win the Grey Cup as well and, and then Everything that happened this offseason, everybody's speculating, hey, he's he's leaving, he's leaving, he's retiring, he's gonna go out on top. And for him to say, like, no, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna give Tressman one more year. You know, I'm gonna give Franklin time to to learn from me, learn from Tressman, and I'm gonna make sure that he's ready to go. And and just for this to happen, is you know, you almost you just feel for
1: him. Yeah, for sure.
2: Um one more big news to lighten the mood a little bit. Uh so this is completely separate. Completely separate. Text in, Glenmore Audi text line, 960-960. And you can win two tickets to the game this Thursday, June 28th, 7 p.m. against the Ottawa Red Blacks. I'll make this one a little bit easier. Um, There are three running backs that I've only thrown one touchdown to. You got to name two of them. And these are your tickets. <laughs> three running backs in my career. There haven't been a lot of running backs. You think about it. Yeah. Um. So three running backs. You only got to name two of them that I've only thrown one touchdown to. So, text in nine six zero nine six zero, and you got. You
0: only had three running backs. Like, <laughs>
2: what's going on? Here? <laughs> so yeah, text in nine six zero nine six zero. Uh, you're answered. You've got to get two out of the three running backs that I've only thrown one touchdown to. Uh, and you can come, again, you can come pick these two tickets up to the game this Thursday, either to t- uh, tomorrow from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. or Thursday from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Um, also, text in, let me know what you want to talk about. Uh, let us know, you know, CFL-wise, what you have questions about. What were some of the big plays? Uh, it doesn't even have to be our game. I can give you my take on uh, some of the plays in the other game, which I'm sure my coach would prefer not to talk about our game. So um, <laughs> let us know. Uh, let us know what you think. But let me ask you guys, I mean, what do you guys think about this weekend?
3: Uh, I thought there was a lot of blowouts, but with that, there was a lot of rather impressive performances. Like Winnipeg, that looked real good and kind of easy against Montreal, against the defense that we have been saying, okay, well, yeah, the offense isn't great, but this defense, th- this is something to watch out for. And Winnipeg handled the defense quite well there. Um, I thought Ottawa looked real good against a Saskatchewan team that looked real good a week ago. Um, and then you guys against the Stamps or against the uh, the Argos um the the way the offense was rolling i thought the defense played exceptionally well and just toronto never really got into any kind of rhythm offensively and i thought the the defense had a big part in that
2: yeah and it was uh I mean just speaking about our game it was to me man i and I, what I, who i've been talking to about the game you know they were like what's the difference what's the difference between last game and this game and i was like man honestly everybody made plays yeah you know like to to give me performer of the week i was like no 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 i was like the O-line had a 150-yard rusher, a 70-yard rusher, mm-hmm. and 300 yards passing.
3: Yeah, not bad, hey?
2: And <laughs> I, did we even have a I don't even know if we had a sack.
3: No, cause you were beyond the line when the... The when one the tackle, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, well, the, well, yeah, the fumble was... Yeah, past you, were, the line you were past
3: the line, so that wouldn't um, be one.
2: Yeah, so no, they, and, and they didn't give up a sack. You know? No. So, I mean...
3: And they got you four rushing yards, So, I mean, that's impressive. Right.
2: Yeah. That's a third of a season right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, to me, I, I think we always go as far as those guys take us. But when they're on their stuff, it makes it so easy for us to go out there and have a great game. And they were on their stuff against a very good front. And that's what was most impressive to me was mm-hmm. um, that's a very good defensive front right there. Yeah. So it And was, they made
3: them look rather ordinary in that. You know, like that they because it seemed like you had a ton of time to to get those deep passes off. There was a plenty of holes for the running backs to get through. Like it was a a real good performance there.
2: Yeah, and it was uh to me the biggest difference I saw was obviously I was a a, a little bit more accurate, but mm-hmm. it was it was the receivers going out and making one on one plays on guys. Right. That I mean to start off with Reggie Bagleton on a diving catch on a corner route. You know that to me yeah. that was like all right these guys are ready. Yeah, and then you got DeVaris catch and run 39 yards for a touchdown and then we go down you know I fumble and this is the play of the game for those that were watching the play of the game and what made this entire thing happen was me fumbling the ball Ronnie Yale picking it up and I wish you guys could see it on film I don't know how if TSN you know I don't know if they went back and slow moed it and showed you where KJ was on the field when Ronnie Yale picked up the ball running full speed. Yeah, but he was about a good ten yards behind him, about thirty yards to the uh, to his right. And KJ, you see him just put his head down, puts his foot in the ground, and just starts running. Yeah, and I'm sitting on the ground watching this, and I'm like, oh man, he's gone. And then all of a sudden, I see KJ, and I'm like, he's moving faster than everybody on the field. <laughs> and he hawks him down, makes the tackle, tries to get the ball out, which is a head to play, but. Mesa tackle, defense stops him, and then we drive down like eighty ninety yards to score a touchdown. That right there was one of those plays where it's like we can be a damn good football team if yeah. we're doing things like that.
3: So do you do you take Jordan out for like a steak dinner, like, hey, thanks for saving me on well, that Well what one I there's... did what I did
2: was um so Dave hands out awards for the game, you know, player of the game on offense, defense, special teams, and I got the offensive one. Uh and I turned around and I tossed it to KJ right away. And I was like, Appreciate yeah. you saving my tail on that touchdown. So um yeah, and then O-line, they got, they got treated to a little meal this week uh, by the O-line coach. I, I tried to get, take him out to, to dinner, but uh, we've got a short week, and, and they've their coach, Coach Pat, is taking them out because if quarterback doesn't get touched or running back rushes for a certain amount of yards, he helps those guys out and nice. cook, cooks them some, uh, some lasagna. He's Italian. Oh, nice. So <laughs> I, I do have to ask, uh, 20 for 22, yeah.
3: which means two incompletions. Right. Do do you go to the two guys who missed and was like, hey, you know, if you could haul those in, like, this is I didn't give crap. I didn't give him crap, yeah. give him crap on the plane.
2: <laughs> I gave him crap on the plane because one he he was kind of diving slash falling, catches the ball, but when he hits the ground, it pops out. Yeah. And then the other one was a an adjustment based off coverage. Um and it was maybe or maybe not the correct adjustment, but the ball kind of <laughs> barely hits off his fingertips and you look back you're like oh that could be 22 for 22 right there yep. but then you have got eric you know catching the ball in double coverage mm-hmm. and um and some guys making some diving catches so I was like I'm not going to complain about anybody missing <laughs> one or two passes when those guys were out there just playing all day um but yeah I mean it was cool it's it's one of those things where when you're in the moment you don't you don't think about it you just you're just feeling it and um you know I, I compare it to you know Steph when he's on his game shooting threes he's not thinking about it it's just it's just coming out of his hand and that's right. just how it felt it felt like it was just coming out of my hand exactly how i wanted it to um and honestly man it, it mostly came down to game plan yeah i mean there wasn't very many plays where i didn't know exactly what they were doing and i didn't know exactly where the ball was going before the ball was even snapped so um definitely you know hats off to the coaching staff and, and getting the game plan ready um but man i'll tell you what we faced a very very interesting challenge this week and this will this will to me, it will be one of our toughest games this season right here. And uh, it's because of a lot of different factors you've got. We're going into the bye week, so you've always got the chance of guys relaxing and, and worrying about what they're doing, uh, you know, in their free time during the bye week. But we've got a pretty right. professional team, so that's not the one that worries me. Um, Ottawa had a bye week week one. So when we have a bye week early, you know, we're going to prepare for the next team as well. So even though they prepare for SAS, we think, you know, they are probably prepared for us a little bit as well in that game. And then they played last Thursday, so they had a full seven-day week this week where we're at a five-day week. So, yeah. um Definitely behind the eight ball when it comes to, you know, to me, to preparation and game planning. Uh, but I think that creates a pretty fun challenge to see, all right, guys, it's, it's early on the season. We're 2-0. We just played a lights-out game. Mm-hmm. Are we going to come out here and lay flat or are we going to come out here, you know, embrace the grind, work our tails off to, um, mentally, be as prepared as possible for this football team. But then, just out there, go out there and play football, and, and have the energy and have the effort. Um, and you're going to be playing a little bit more sore than the guy across the ball from you is playing. But, um, you know, can we go out there and, and find enough plays to to make it happen to win a game? Go three and zero going into the bye week.
3: Yeah. No, and I mean they—they they looked rather complete against Saskatchewan. Again, part of that could be Saskatchewan didn't look all that great either. But that—that that looks like one of the the better teams, certainly in the East and maybe in the CFL after the first couple weeks of the season.
2: Yeah, absolutely, man. Ottawa looked on their stuff. They—they are a very very fine tuned football team. Um, offensively, you know, to me, I, I don't—I don't understand how people don't put Trevor in the talk of the elite guys. You know, oh, he's, he's there, man. He is, he is yeah. there. He, Trevor is, is an awesome quarterback. Um, since he's been in Toronto, every time he's touched the field and been able to go out there and play football, he's balled out. And too many people read into, well, Oh, where's the playoff win? You know, yeah, man, he, he was potentially MOP and he would have been the guy crossing ball, playing us in the gray cup. If Henry didn't come back at the last second. Right. You know, and, uh, and you're talking about a completely different thing. And, and I feel for the guy because he's got to keep answering these questions. But um, he's a pretty, you know, mentally strong guy. I've met him a couple of times and, and talked to him about, you know, just life things in general. And he's got his head on straight. And he's one of those guys that um, that I can tell is definitely a leader over there. And I, I'm, I've am i always been impressed with the guy. I love playing against him. Um, but when you've got a guy like that leading your football team, it makes it much easier to go out there and play. And they've got guys out there playing. I mean, they've got a group of receivers they've had there for a long time. You know, same with their old line A lot of vets in that in that group and uh and their defense right now with Noel Thorpe coming over from Montreal, um, you know, that's they are playing a different style of football right now. And they're playing aggressive and they're attacking the quarterback and they're, you know, making it tough on receivers when they're trying to get some balls, uh, one on one. You know, they're trying to get over there and trying to hit you and make sure you feel that presence and uh and they're playing good. I mean I will I will say they did have a bye week, so mm-hmm. you know, that's that's unfortunate for Sass. You know it's always tough to play the team coming off a of bye week to try to get the win. But um, you know, I think obviously with losing Zach mid, mid game, you know, Claire's going on sixth game and bridge coming in. Um, but man, what I am interested to see, I want to see, I want to see bridge now. Yeah. He, he finally gets his start, right? Right. Yeah. And he's going to
3: have a pretty lengthy leash now with Claro's on the sixth game. Yeah. Like he's got some time to, to work this thing through.
2: Yeah. And I, 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 when I've seen film, um, you know, people can talk about wonky mechanics, uh, canadian you know make whatever excuse you want for him the guy can throw the football yeah he can can sling it with the best of them and uh and from what i've seen i think he i mean i think he makes pretty good decisions you know and that's that's what you need at a quarterback position a guy that can uh in the cfl he can stretch the field with your legs can make plays uh with his arm and and makes good decisions in crunch time and and um i saw him stand in the pocket against ottawa because i've been watching their film a lot um you know, I saw him stand in the pocket against Ottawa and take five or six hits right in the chest and stand right back up and do it again the next play. So, um interested to see what, what happens with him over the next couple of weeks when he gets his chance to start finally.
3: Yeah, and it's tough to get a read off of that Ottawa game because he comes in with the team down by a couple possessions already. So, it's tough to, to get a full read on him because he's trying to drag his team back into a comeback win. So. Uh, I'll be interested to see what he looks like with a, a full week yeah. of getting ready now.
2: But I mean, that's been his that's been his M.O. for the last yeah, the guess. last year, coming in for <laughs> KG at the end of every single game to bring him back to win the game. It's been uh, definitely been an interesting career for him, but uh, looking forward to seeing that. We will take a quick break. Uh, before we go to break, I'll remind you, text in nine six zero nine six zero to the Glenmore Audi text line. Um, two out of the three running backs that I've thrown only one touchdown to in my entire CFL career. And you get two tickets to the game this Thursday, June 28th, 7 p.m. against Ottawa. And if you can name the top five receivers that I have thrown touchdowns to in the regular season at the Stamp Store at McMahon Stadium, you get one guess, you get four season tickets. So uh, put the mom, put the brother, put the sister, put the dog in the car, go out there and get a guess, and uh, we'll be right back on the Beau Show. At 960 we
0: always want to hear from you. Tweet, text, email, or just call with your feedback. Sportsnet 960 The Fan is your sports radio. Back to the Bo Show for SML Entertainment. One, two, three. On Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
1: The Bow Show, for SML Entertainment. Pool tables, hot tubs, patio furniture, and much, much more. With four locations in Calgary, Cross Iron Mills, and Red Deer. Go to smlentertainment.com for details.
2: All right, welcome back to The Bow Show. We have a winner for the two tickets for the game this weekend coming up. So, this Thursday, the question was, can you name two of the three running backs that I've thrown only one touchdown to in my entire CFL career? The three, and...
0: Well, wait. First of all, did you fact check that it was the first one, and do they have their first and last name on the
2: test? There's a lot of rules here. They do have first and last name. Okay. And I don't even know what you're talking about. (laughs) Were they... Were they first to guess it correctly? Yes, they are the first to guess it correctly.
3: Yeah. I only see one right guess on here. So,
2: yeah. um, Gizmo Williams and Pinball Clemens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, nailed it. Yeah, don't text him anymore. Uh, the correct number. answer, the three running backs were Jerome Messam, Jock Sanders, and Tim St. Pierre. Uh, so, Casey, congratulations. You have one. You can come in uh, and claim those tickets. They have a nice little math question for you to answer in order to pick them up. Uh, so the only, the only question right now is for four season tickets, head to the Sam's store, and you have to find Carson at the front and, and tell her the top five receivers that I've thrown touchdowns to in the regular season in my entire CFL career. Uh, you only get one guess, and one guess per person, and one person wins all four tickets. So head down there. She will text me when somebody has won and gotten them correct. I do have a text right now. Oh, oh, and we have a winner. Wow. Yeah. We have a winner. Look at them. Man, there were some crazy answers on the text line. For this question. <laughs> uh, the, the correct answer for the top five is in order is um, Marquay McDaniel, Devaris Daniels, Eric Rogers, Anthony Parker, and Kamar Jordan. So I thought I thought Anthony might be the harder one to get, um, and maybe even Eric Rogers if you haven't been a Stans fan for a long time. But uh, if you have, you know he caught about 10 touchdowns in one year he was here, and then uh, he had two touchdowns last game. DeVars had one last game, but Quay leads them all with 17. So congratulations, Matt! Uh, come on down to City TV uh, today, tomorrow, or the next day, at 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. to pick those tickets up. All right, let's talk. Uh, let's, I mean, everybody's texting me about it. I do have a good question on here. So text in if you want, if you want to uh, know anything about the weekend, anybody's plays, anything like that. Uh, but with Johnny Manziel and Hamilton and yourself having different styles of quarterbacking coming out of the U.S., what was the biggest adjustment for you? And what is the biggest adjustment for him coming to the CFL? Um, I mean, I think any, anybody coming here, the biggest adjustment is 12-man. Uh, as a as a quarterback, you've memorized so many defenses and where exactly where people are supposed to be. Um, you have to learn an entire new set of defenses, adding a twelfth guy in there. So I would say that's probably the biggest adjustment coming in. Uh, but for Johnny, I I would honestly say that along with, um, I mean I, I and I don't know this feeling, but you know being the first round draft pick and being in the NFL and um, and then and then you're in Hamilton. You know, it's definitely a lifestyle adjustment, you know, growing up or going to college in uh, College Station, uh, Texas A&M. So that's uh, a huge adjustment for him. But I think it's good. I think he gets away from a lot of distractions and he gets to go out there and just focus on football. So um, what I want to see is everybody stopping talking about him being being traded to every single team. (laughs) Yes. I think there's one or two teams out there that could make a a splash, you know, for him. But uh, I don't know. I'll let you guys comment on that.
3: I, I feel like it would be a very Chris Jones thing to do, to trade for Johnny Manziel when his starting quarterback gets injured. Th- that feels very, very Chris Jonesy to me. And he would be the starting quarterback in Montreal yesterday if he got traded there after the, the couple weeks that they have had. Um, I, I could see them wanting his services, but Toronto doesn't make a ton of sense. James Franklin is supposed to be the next guy, so give him that chance to be that now. And then... Winnipeg, Matt Nichols is coming back pretty soon, so I, I don't, I, I don't know necessarily if the entire league is going to be bidding for the services of Johnny Manziel. Yeah, what, mean, what's
1: it like to be the backup quarterback, though? Like he doesn't want the guy to get hurt, but he wants a chance. You could just see it in his eyes. I, you know, he's interested. He's learning every play. He's watching Masoli what what to do there. But he's got to wait. The patience is probably pretty hard as well, right?
2: Yeah. Um yeah, man. I mean, I was in that situation, I guess, in 2012 when, you know, I wanted to be the guy. Yeah. And uh, you definitely don't wish any ill will, you know, for me, it wasn't no ill will on Drew or Kevin. Um, because at the same time, as much as you want to be that guy, you want to learn. And so when you're yeah. watching him run the offense correctly, you're learning. Okay. You know, and when you watch him make mistakes, you're learning. And um, it is tough, man. It's tough not to, you know... Push beyond your boundaries as the backup guy, but you know you always want to treat yourself like the starter, and you always want to act like the starter because that's how you want your teammates to see you. That's how you want your coaches to see you. Um, the moment you start acting like a backup, you're a backup forever. You know, I mean, every day I walked in that room, you know, Drew and Kev knew I was I was coming for their job. I was never complacent about sitting right there and be like, no, yeah, don't worry. Like, if they ask me to start next week, I won't do it. I'll let you continue like you know what i mean like i'm yeah. i'm there to i'm there to take your job but um you know you're there and you're playing well um you know i want to learn from you and i think that's that's a big thing as a young guy coming to the league but he's a professional quarterback man he he is a talent and uh he wants to be on the field first and foremost but um he sees how well Masoli's playing right now yeah. and uh and he knows he knows as well too he, as much as he wants to be out there he knows that you know Let's say Masoli played the way he played the last two weeks and they go 0 2. Let's say, you know, Mike Riley puts something together this last, this last game mm-hmm. and they go 0 2. Um, who's everybody going to blame? You know, Jeremiah Masoli. Yes. Yes. That's the one situation that Johnny Menzel does not want to walk into because Jeremiah has been playing really well. He's been moving the offense, stoned for over 300 yards, multiple touchdowns, been running a lot. And if he doesn't come in and be as productive, he knows how bad that looks on him. You know so he want he wants to be in uh, I mean if you ask him right now he say yes I want to be the guy I want to be out there um but he knows there's a learning curve he knows how long that will take um you know but yeah he's definitely itching for the chance to get in there
3: You mentioned that the the 12th guy out there was something that you had to adjust to was there a time when you were like okay I got this now like I I've, well, how long was that grace period to figure that out
2: Um I mean it was in the rookie year you know it was I think at first it is easier because the coaches tend to um break it into half-field reads for you. Yeah, you know they're like, "Hey, um you know we're in three by two. If we motion the guy over, did the Sam stay? The Sam is the guy typically covering the wide, the three receiver strong. um You know, if he stayed over there, then you should go this way because you have numbers and this, you know, man zone. They kind of break it into reads for you. um You know, but like people are saying about Chris Trevor right now, you know you played two games, you've been to start a few games, like you're no longer a rookie. Right. Um, you're the starting quarterback of a football team, so you've got to see everything. Um, I would say his eyes are still not married up to where they want to be every single play. I mean, I'm okay. not in the law police offense. I don't know it. Um, but I, just from my own experience, I know that you see some things, you hit it one time in practice, you tend to look at that thing in in, in the game. Okay. And not maybe exactly where your read should go. Yeah. So it, uh, it definitely took probably eight or nine games where I was watching Kevin Drew, and I was like starting to feel a lot more comfortable with motions and the pre-snap reads of understanding where guys are and where they're supposed to be. Um, but man, that was in 2012 when you know people ran man cover three, cover four. You know now it's you know nine man drop. It's um, you know four week Sam high. It's it's a lot. It's a lot of different coverages now, um, and teams that are trying to do a lot of different things and getting and once you have the Chris Jones defense that we'll put a D end out and press your field receiver and drop into, you know, he'll drop it to safety. I mean, yeah. Um, that's when things start going a little bit more haywire, but, uh, definitely took a little bit.
1: Now you've got two new quarterbacks with you this year.
2: The yeah. Qu-
1: the questions that come to you, do you kind of giggle at times? Cause you said, well, that's what I asked years ago, or I've never heard that before. What's that relationship like with, with uh, Arbuckle and, and Brim?
2: Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's trying to teach them, but not step on the toes of, you know, Dave or Dinwiddie or Huff um, because they want their progression to go a certain way. Okay. And sometimes, uh, I'll be honest, man, sometimes, I mean, I love this game. You know, I love this sport. So you ask me a question, and sometimes I just start going off, you <laughs> know, on, well, hey, look, this is what you're looking for. But if this happens and this happens and this happens and this happens, and it's like, really, I just need to give them quarterback 101. You know, Sam did track, Sam did not track. You know, half did track, half did not track free safety is low, free safety is high, you know, things like that. Um, I think the interesting thing for me is, you know, when, when you start hearing the guys ask the right questions, okay. that's probably the biggest thing. You know, it's not, um, you know, hey, Bo, I noticed, you know, you know, the field half was low on this, you know, why'd you go this way? And I'm like, well, because that's the read. But yeah. it's when, it's when they ask, hey, you know, did you, did you get off that because his butt was to the sideline and he had his eyes on you? It's like, there you go. Now, I'm, now I now I yeah. now I know you're starting to understand. It There's a bit of a light bulb going exactly. on. Exactly, you're asking the right questions. Right. And that's kind of the thing. Uh, you're not just asking questions to ask questions and you know kind of be the brown noser and hey Dave, you know how do I do this? How do I do that? <laughs> yeah. um, and these guys aren't that, which I like. Nick Arbuckle is very smart. He uh, he was here with us in 2016 when the rosters expanded, so he was there for about two or three weeks. So we got right. to get a little bit familiar with it, but I don't think he's played football in the last two years. So. Um, to see his progression has been really awesome. I and mean, obviously he came in and won the backup job, you know, being technically a rookie. So um, he's definitely, you know, coming into his own, I believe, intelligence-wise. And then and Larry is, you know, he's um, he's getting there every single day uh, as far as, you know, trying to figure out these reads and figure out the uh, coverages. But, you know, Coach is spending more time with him. He spends a lot of time in the film room and, and asking questions. And, and that's what I saw from him. I saw a point in camp when he started asking the right questions. And I was like, all right, now you're getting it. Uh, So, yes, definitely, uh, it's a good relationship for us. Our our quarterback room is, it's a good room. Good. Nice. Yeah, Yeah. we enjoy each other. We enjoy Dinwiddie. Uh, Dinwiddie's a good coach who, you know, keeps us honest. Um, You know, even for me, you know, last week with, you know, the game we had, um, there was no compliments. There was no this or that, which is what I like. It was, you know, hey, here's the place you messed up. Here's the reason we got you better at. Let's move on to week three.
3: That must have been a short conversation with two incompletions. (laughs) Hey, these are the reads you were, met, you know both and uh mm-hmm. all right so we'll get better next week
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean there was there's always
2: there's always things to improve on even if it's looking at stuff as little as footwork okay um you know if if you sit on your back foot a little bit longer maybe the receiver doesn't have to die for the catch you know right things like that um and and that's that's what i like about then Woody is um he's he's not just looking at nick and looking at larry and saying all right let me coach these guys and teach these guys he's still looking at me and saying How can we get you better every single day? Because he knows I want to learn and I need to learn for a long time Um, because it never stopped in this league. You know, you you listen to Ricky and even Calvillo talk and Henry talk at the end of their careers. They were continuing to learn the entire time. And uh, that's what I have to continue to do. Um, Let's see. How do you say it? Two part question have you noticed a positive difference in the new size of the cfl ball and do you check the pressure of every ball (laughs) friday (laughs) um that honestly man the the size is is not different um i know the old you know saying and slogan our balls are bigger Mm -hmm. um yeah that's not true uh our laces are a centimeter thicker which when you measure the ball that's why they seem bigger but they're actually not um it's the exact same football the NFL uses now. We just paint stripes on it. Um, and then, do you check the pressure? No, I don't. But <laughs> <laughs> our equipment guys do, and they make sure we don't have any uh, any problems. Let's say that. Um, oh, that yeah, the Halifax expansion. What do you guys think about this? I think are y'all are y'all, are y'all excited. I, mean, I think I think it's awesome. I think the, yeah. the, the league needs ten teams.
1: Yes, I'm worried about the depth because we have teams every year that seem like like Montreal this year and like Hamilton last year, is that the depth problem or just organizations? I, I don't know. You can't comment probably on how organizations are very good, yeah. but is the depth there? Is there enough for another and, team?
3: And see, I think, I think it is there. Uh, I think that there's like, you, you look at the players that got cut just before the regular season. If you just took those players and put them on Halifax, I was like, okay, you could win a few games year one and, and progress forward. Like I, I, I think that the depth is there. And as someone who has, followed this league my entire life to have um double digits of all canadian teams in this thing and not a las vegas posse with nine teams there or something like that uh it it would be i I think phenomenal for the league to get this thing going double digit canadian teams
1: would be pretty sweet to have
2: yeah i mean i i think it would you know it it
1: ever been there have you been that part of canada
2: um you know i don't want to talk out of the wrong side of my mouth because I can't say that I know the East Coast very well. I know we played I want to say in Moncton when we played Hamilton one year. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if that's correct or not. Um yeah, but I know we had to, one year when we played Hamilton, we had to play in a different city. Um and I want to say it was Moncton, but I'm, I'm not yeah, we'll sure. we'll check on that, yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean I think ten teams is, is the way to go. I think I believe the depth is there. I see okay. I see plenty of quarterbacks in the league which is your first problem. You know, is there enough uh, talent out there for quarterbacks? I believe so. Um, you know, the question is going to come down to Canadian depth. And, you know, can you continue to improve that well enough going into the season and have the Canadian depth when it comes to injuries? Um, that's the, you know, the blunt truth and honesty of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the talent is out there, I believe. And I think uh, organizational wise, I think the coaches are out there too. You just have to find them. And somebody said, yeah, it was Moncton, we played. Yeah. So
3: Yeah, uh, it, it didn't go particularly well for you guys so i don't blame you for no. maybe uh no <laughs> what was it uh 55-36. 55
2: 55 <laughs> what year is that
3: uh this oh this says 2011 so you might not have been there were you here 2011
2: no no so that wasn't no, you so, was, so yeah that, that's uh, yeah no. it was 12 or 13
3: uh this one doesn't have you there uh 2013 was montreal against hamilton now this is wikipedia which has been wrong before every uh, every now and then yeah so <laughs> <laughs> um but okay, well, yeah, two thousand and eleven didn't go great for the Stampeders against Hamilton.
2: And of course, the first text we get is is Manziel starting in Halifax. <laughs> <laughs> oh man!
3: That honestly, though, that would have to be like for expansion draft first overall pick, Johnny Manziel to Halifax, right? Like automatically, tickets sell out. You got jerseys sold already.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the interesting part is the expansion draft, right? You have, yeah. You have The questions with uh, you know right now going on with Las Vegas and and how they handle their expansion draft, but. Look at ours with Ottawa, you know Ottawa's competing for a great Cup in year two, yeah, and yeah. winning it, you know so um I mean, I thought the way they did it was was pretty darn good, yeah, um, you know, protecting a certain amount of players and one in each position you know it's to me, what it does is you know it it makes the depth of each team a little bit worse, so does that does that you know lessen the play of football throughout the entire CFL? Right. Um, or does it just give guys a shot that wouldn't, wouldn't have gotten a shot?
3: Yeah. I, I think you could see a few more players from the States coming down, too, to to make a bit more of an impact. You know, like someone like you like DeVaris Daniels just showed up out of nowhere for us, anyway. I'm sure you yeah. guys knew about it, but he just shows up out of nowhere and is on your list of top five receivers that you've thrown touchdown passes to. Right. So I, I feel like there's a few more of those hidden gems out there that would be able to
2: make their way to the CFL. Oh, absolutely. I, I really think the talent is there. It's just it's going to find them. You yeah. Know, and that's where, that's where, um, that's where your talent scouts come in. Uh, we'll take another quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little a little bit more CFL. We'll talk some dad hacks uh, and text in to the Glenmore Audi text line 960960. If this is a chance right now, let me know what you want to talk about. Ask me any questions you want to ask, uh, and we'll get those answered. You're listening to the Boast Jones Sports at 960 The Fan. Calgary football
0: fans, this is your quarterback. The Bo Show with Bo Levi Mitchell on Sportsnet 960. Brought to you by SML Entertainment.
2: All right, Will, what song is this? (laughs) We'll imagine Dragons. They're Canadian. Are they? are they Canadian? They played no, at the Great Cup, that doesn't they mean they played in Canada. Oh, wait, weren't they okay? Were they not the ones that uh, in the Great Cup was it the Great Cup they played? Yeah, and people were mad because they weren't Canadian. Yes, yeah, that's yeah, it
1: they are from Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, yeah, that was BC. Yeah, they didn't come out on a sled or anything. No,
0: <laughs> all right, but it was a so doesn't
2: live up to the first two,
0: is that what you're saying?
3: He was
2: rocking well, out to the I first said. two yeah it does not I mean every it's literally once a show y'all play a bad song and then all the fans <laughs> are like man Bo picks some bad music what? so that was Will Nault's song <laughs> just so everybody knows uh, so yeah text in zero. let us know what you want to talk about um, oh they said Moncton was the start of the John Cornish era I guess that's when he started that's when he started balling out Bo what do you think about the latest addition to the Flames <laughs> <laughs> Noah Hannafin Elias Lindholm, pass. Come on, Uh, Bo. You love hockey. Don't have any scorching flames. I do. I do enjoy hockey. I do enjoy watching the Flames play. Um, I know absolutely nothing about those. How about this one? Uh,
0: More personal question, Bo. If football wouldn't have been your career, what you would? uh, What profession would you have chosen?
2: Uh, Baseball. Oh yeah. Yeah. So actually, I was. We were all raised as baseball players. Um, uh, I was a pitcher, a catcher, um, and. uh, loved baseball my entire life growing up basically got into junior year of high school and my high school coach was like you know hey you know we're moving you up to varsity uh want you to be the guy um we need you to make a decision with baseball and I was like you know what do you mean he's like well you know your arm we need you to do so- certain things in the offseason I was like no I'll be fine and he's like no we need you to make a decision, basically telling me, like, it's time for you to stop playing baseball. Yeah. And honestly, the letters were coming in for football, and they weren't coming in for baseball. So I was like, all right, you're probably not wrong. <laughs> um, but, yeah, man, baseball is definitely my first love. That's why I'm such a huge Astros fan. Uh, collected and still have a bunch of baseball cards. Um, so, yeah, it would it would be – that's exactly where I would be if I wasn't here. Um, is our receiving cord too deep, too talented? Is there enough balls for all the playmakers? Because ah. receivers are divas, right? In a way, <laughs>
1: I need attention. Throw it at me. No?
2: Yeah, man. Honestly, man. No? <laughs> a majority are. Yeah. A majority are. But this group <laughs> right here, this, this is a special group. Okay. And you know what's crazy? I mean, I don't I don't want people to start, you know, overhyping them and things like that. But this is a ridiculous receiving court. Yeah. I mean... I can't even. I I can't grade the guys like one to five. You know things like that. It's not not right. But um, ah, come on. <laughs> is there enough balls? Where all the playmakers? No. You know there's not. We don't we don't throw the ball enough. We're not throwing the ball forty fifty times a game. Um, and they know that. But the thing is, is is there's a mismatch on the field every single play. Yeah. And that's what makes it very very tough on defenses. And they understand. Hey, this game last game was Eric's game. You know the game before was KJ. The the next game. Um, you know, it might be DeVaris or Markin or uh Reggie. I mean, it could Bresk, it could be anybody, you know? So the biggest thing that I love about these guys is right now, even when they're only getting one or two balls a game, depending on which guy it is, they're, they're making their plays with them. You know, Bresk had the giant catch in game one. Um In game two, he had a slant route that he took for like 35 yards. Yeah. Um, You know, and it's just, it's taking advantage of your opportunity and earning more targets. And, um, you know, it's Dave's a, Dave's a chess player. You know, he's very intelligent. He, he doesn't like to say, Oh, here, this guy's better than this guy. Let's just own the ball. Right. You know, it's, it's trying to find open guys in open spots to make good throws. And, um, and right now we're doing a good job of it. So I want to see him, you know, keep doing that. The Argos. Oh gosh. Some of these questions are out, out of control. <laughs>
3: On our text line now. <laughs>
2: uh, they were talking about on this morning show s- yesterday. Since you're a free agent next season, if you consider signing in the NFL, nope. Next question. Um, let's see. There's a lot of NFL questions on here. Can't talk about that, man. We got. I, I got to be focused on this season, the CFL, and and playing good enough to make the Calgary Stampeders want to resign me.
1: Is there a receiver in the history of football that you wish you could throw a touchdown pass to, whether in the NFL right now, is there Randy any Moss? Why?
2: Because it doesn't matter how many people were covering him out of throwing him the football. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. He was, he was so fun to watch. And, and i I'm so glad we got to watch him play with Tom Brady for one year. Yeah. You know, just Tom Brady's never been a guy to have weapons and right. have receivers and, and um it's fun to see him get one little toy to play with you know <laughs> i mean Gronkowski obviously is is amazing but um and element is too but to give him a, a freak you know somebody's like he's better than everybody he lines up against go out there right. and you hear i'm going to throw this ball 65 yards you just go up there and catch it and he goes up there and does it and it was yeah, I would say that's definitely, that's a good question, though. See, that, that's the kind of questions I want texted in right there. <laughs> well, how about this
0: one, Bo? You you, you told the story a couple of weeks ago, but there's another question kind of similar to it. You didn't tell the entire story, you just told parts of it, but this text reads, who and where did the Stampeders first discover you? Was it at a camp? Was there some sort of connection? I'd love to know.
2: Um, Yeah, actually, um, the first person I ever talked to in the entire CFL was a guy named Ryan Rigmaiden. Um who I believe is a talent scout for the BC lions. And, uh, I want to say he's a, he's a coach or a scout for the Spokane. Uh, they, they just changed their name. Um, the arena football team out there. Uh, but he was letting me know, he's like, Hey man, I'm a talent scout up there in CFL, you know, they all know about you. You're on the list for the BC lions. And I was like, you know, I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> and then when the season ended, Calgary is the team that gave me a call. Um, and I let them know, I was like, hey, you know, they I got this call from a guy, and he said I was I was on the necklace with BC Lions. He's like, yeah, we traded for your rights. Um, and then they brought me out to uh, Florida, uh, which is our mini camp per se. It's really just a lot of rookies going out there to try out. Um, and it was me. It was the quarterback that got second to me in the uh, player of the year, um, and then another guy from a small school competing for, to be the one guy to go um to actual training camp with the stamps um and i remember day three coming out and you know dave kind of looks at me he goes hey man so we're supposed to do skelly and team and all this and he goes hey huff wants to see you make a couple throws and i was like okay um he's like so i'm just gonna show you the play you go see what you see and make the throw and basically he wanted to, he wanted to see me throw seam routes and cover three Mm-hmm. Um, to see if I had the arm to drive it in there, and and we ran one to the left. I drove, I moved the safety to the right. You know, threw the guy to the left. Kid made a great catch. Uh, and did the very same play. Next play, uh, moved the safety to the left. Threw the guy to the right. And Huff blows the whistle, says we're done for the day, and they offered me a contract. So, oh wow, it was uh, it was pretty cool, man. It was a special time, and it's what's crazy is to think back, like if I'd have missed those two throws, I wouldn't be here. Yeah, you know, it wasn't. Oh, I would have been on a different CFL team. You know, that's that's the. That's what I talk about with taking advantage of your opportunity. Like you never know when that one throw is or when that one play is on film that a certain scout looks at. Um, you know, so if you're a young guy out there, make sure every single play you're giving it everything you got.
1: So, are, pe- pe- uh, go ahead. People in Texas right now, there's kids playing high school football.
2: Do they know anything about the CFL? No. Probably. Well, now, honestly, well, yeah, there's a
0: question right there. It Says, "Hey, Bo, how many people in Katy are now CFL fans?"
2: Oh man, a lot. <laughs> I had, I had a. Uh, <laughs> I had my uh, my best friend from home, who's the best man at my wedding. His dad texted me. He said um, that he he thought the game was on Sunday, um, and he walks in to a bar and CFL is on, and there were you know college World Series things like that supposed to be on. So, um, wow. that, yeah, that was pretty cool to, to hear that they're that playing it that awesome. much in Canada.
3: Well, and every game's available down there now, right? Yeah, like, through various different applications or whatnot. But at, you you can watch every CFL game yeah. in the states now.
2: But to hear that it's on in the bars, yeah, that's like, pretty sweet. And people aren't like, "What is this?" Or it on TV. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, another text. Are you a good skater? No. <laughs> no, I am not. Uh, have I you went, been on? Skates? Are you an okay skater? I have. I went on a date in high school. Oh. Um. And I did not know anything about the toe pick in the front that stops you. Uh, And I just tried to lean up on one skate, and I (laughs) face-planted. But I can roller skate with the best of them. Nice. Yeah. Lock in, skating backwards, dancing at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Disco music. (laughs) That was all me.
0: I like like this question. Bo, any new rookies or new players ever come up to you and ask you for things to do in and around Calgary, and what do you say to them?
2: Uh, Yeah, the main one I get is where to eat. Um, I mean, some guys, you know, they – they ask, like, hey, you know, like, rookie show-wise, like, hey, where – like, they get one day off. It's like, hey, where do we go out to have fun? And I'm like, well, here's where you don't go out. <laughs> and, you know, try to give them those, like, uh, I think Calgary's a pretty safe place in general, but just try to give them a couple places where not to go. Um, when people ask me where to go to eat, I usually tell them Hayden Block. Uh, that's my favorite place in city. Um, and it's chicken, the city. Those chicken get, wings right? are unbelievable. Everything is, man. Oh. The turkey, like – Has your wallet got? You you talked
0: to Steinberg about uh, Hayden Block, and that guy will talk for thirty
2: minutes about it. Man, hey, it's—I
3: don't know if I've been. Oh,
2: it's—I'm sure you have. Delicious. If you're listening, you haven't been to Hayden Block. Grab your kids. Grab your wife. (laughs) Go to Hayden Block. (laughs) Grab your grab
0: your dog. (laughs) Do it
2: all. (laughs) Two questions: Why in the belief were you wearing figure skates? See, that's the thing. I didn't even know that was figure skates. I don't know, man. It was one of those. I mean, we're in, first of all, we're in, we're in Houston, Texas. Uh, it was one of the outdoor, you know, ice rinks at the mall. They just, you know, freeze some water and whatnot. Um, so I had no idea why they handed me figure skates. It's all they had. Uh, what is your best game ever? Like, who did you absolutely light up? Oh, man. Um, yeah, because the memory, memory block on that one. Yeah. I mean, the, the first, the first game ever against Winnipeg was pretty fun. That was, um, that was 29 of 33 for for like 376, three touchdowns, no picks. That was, a, that was and a fun. And that's when game. everyone
0: found out who you were. Really? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? In the CFL, Anyway, Well, yeah. I
2: mean, that's when I came on the scene a little bit more. Um, yeah, I would definitely say that's probably one of those games. Uh, championship game in college. Um, you know what? Actually, the game I absolutely lit up the absolute most I lost um, was my first game my senior year playing against UW. Uh, we're D one double A, they're D one single A, so they're in the, the show. Um, and, we, and they had uh the Falcons' corner. Um, not Tremaine Johnson. That's the Rams. Uh, his brothers in the league. He's got two brothers in the league. The Falcons' main cornerback right now. Drawing a blank. Yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> We threw for four hundred seventy yards that day. Four touchdowns and the one interception I threw was um so my my main receiver that that year was Brandon Kaufman who um he was a freak and he had like 180 yards on this guy and he kept running they kept running either zone or man but when they run man he would come press Kaufman to try to not let him get off the line of scrimmage cuz he was a slower guy but he was big tall and you throw back shoulder and things to him and we had hit uh we had hit him on two back shoulder fades earlier in the game um and we so they come down and press him, and we throw i go to throw back shoulder fade and i feel his eyes look at me and so we basically you know they're trying to to get us to throw back shoulder so we can fall underneath it so i throw the receiver upfield he stops and the corner just fell right underneath it for a pick but um that was the game where i would say i felt like i couldn't be stopped it was in their stadium you know first game of the season you're playing a team who paid you $2 million to come play them. Um, <laughs> you know, they, cause they try to get an easy win to start their season the right off the right way. And right. and you go out and light them up. And there was one thing I remember in particular, we're on like the 45 yard line and I screwed up in the pocket, roll out to my left against my body and throw up, throw a fade to the corner of the end zone and the receiver toe taps it and they call holding wow. oh. and we come back <laughs> run the exact same play. Uh, same thing, start to scoot up in the pocket. The guy tries to to cut it off, so I stop my feet, let it go again. The kid goes over top of the guy to catch the ball for a fifty five yard touchdown Wow and i <laughs> being me i I look at the stands and and I run over like to their sideline and start talking trash and <laughs> <laughs> Very quickly did my head coach reel me in and and tell me to never do that again. So that was uh, <laughs> another learning moment for me. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was that Trufant? Yes, that it was league? Marcus yeah. Trufant. Good job, whoever found that out. Yeah, uh, yeah. Marcus Trufant was the guy who uh, got Marcus or Desmond? Up, but...
1: Desmond plays in Atlanta. Yeah, Desmond. So it would have been Desmond. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah,
2: Marcus was the brother. Okay. He uh, he was in the league first, but Desmond just re signed his yeah. a big contract. Um, yeah. All right, man. We'll shoot. Another
0: uh, another question that I was uh, told to ask you, Bo. Uh, see if you can figure out who this is from. Um, who is Bo's favorite community relations guy?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Not Jean Lefebvre. <laughs> um, I have one good question on here that I'll answer and then I'll stop. Uh, nice. Before being pro, who is your most influential coach? Um, so in high school, my quarterback coach was Pat Dowling, and he was a guy that. Uh, taught me that my arm and being talented was not good enough that you had to be a student of the game that you had to work at it um, that you weren't you weren't able just to show up to practice and workouts at the time that you're allotted to be there that you had to put in extra time um, and at the time I thought he was doing it because he thought I was you know lazy or complacent I knew I wasn't um, but then you know come to find out we still text today uh, and come to find out the reason he Tells me that he always did that because he knew I had talent to make it, you know, past high school and into college and possibly in professional. So um, he was one of those guys that pushed me. And, and one of the things he did, man, that that is different. And I'll, you know, I've always get asked these questions. You know, what'd you do differently than other people? Um, he used to make me run Johnny Hughes, so Johnny Unitas, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so every turnover I had in a game, whether it was fumble or pick, I had to get on the goal line. I had to drop. Do a five-step drop, so it was roughly like five, six yards. Run my feet until he blew the whistle, and when he blew the whistle, I had to run ten yards. And so from that was on the goal line, and then I had to go to the five-yard line, and the ten, and the fifteen, the twenty, the twenty-five. So I had to do all the way from goal line to goal line. That was one. So if I had a bad game with a fumble and a pick, I had to do that twice. You know, if I had a really bad game, had to do it three times. But man, that wore me out. But it quickly got me to think about my throws and right. locking up the ball in, in the pocket uh and not just throwing up hope balls or you know prayers and whatnot but seeing my throws and making my reads and making my completions and that that i believe is what taught me to be a good quarterback taking care of the football so pat dowling is the answer to that one johnny Hughes.
3: yeah i
2: united's baby i'd be
3: out of breath on the drop so like anything after that i would have been completely done for like the five steps it's like
2: but you're in high school, so you have like endless amounts of energy. You didn't know me in high school. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, thank you guys. We'll see y'all on Thursday at 7 p.m. against the Ottawa Red Blacks and then we're off on a bye week. Um, But you can catch us back here on the Bo Show every Tuesday from 3 to 4 p.m. on Sports at 9, Stacy the Fan.